0: hour weekly live cannabis business talk show produced by pro cannabis media i'm josh Kincaid. i'm here with richard smith and we've got a couple of awesome guests this week we're talking everything about events richard to help us do that is going to be gretchen gailey chief strategist at cbcbe expo she's a founder and of uh um, uh panoptic strategies did i say that right that is correct all right And then Susan Soares, CEO and founder of the State of Cannabis. Ladies, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks for having us. Yes.
0: CWCBE, if I can say that right. Yes. What does that stand for? What is it?
2: Uh, That is the Cannabis World Congress and Business Expo.
0: Okay. So I just saw that uh, some folks met with the UN recently, get some things rolling. What do you guys have uh, going on in your business and trying to get the word out? What is the event all about for those that don't know?
2: Uh, well, for those who don't know, uh, our flagship event is the New York event, uh, which will be taking place in just a few weeks, June 2nd to 4th, um, at the Javits Center. Uh, we're expecting over 10,000 attendees, um, and our slogan for many years has been uh, where cannabis does business. Um, sure, there's MJ Biz and lots of other uh, events out there, uh, but we really see ours as much more East Coast-minded. Um, which is really starting to come on um, in the Northeast, we've seen with a lot of states legalizing. Um, and really, we have gotten to see a number of big deals and folks come out of uh, some of our shows, uh, some deals with Canopy and some uh, other big deals have uh, have started there. Um, and so we like to say that this is a place where people come to do business. Um, often people say, you know, brands are born in California, we say they're made in New York um Susan may disagree with that one uh but we do think that the Northeast is going to be a major player uh in the in the cannabis industry and that's where the money is uh at least uh according to Wall Street so that's what we hope people will take away that this is a great place to see where the uh industry is going next
1: it's definitely
0: where the lobbyists are at is that an advantage being close to DC uh
2: it doesn't hurt um and a lot of these companies that we have been seeing Um, emerge a lot of their headquarters are on the east coast a lot of folks are in new york Um, and you know it's easy for lawmakers and folks to get up to the show um, and do to speak with us Uh, we are expecting some big folks uh, from the new york market to attend um, and hope that uh, it'll help to shed some new light on what is coming in the next year for new york especially
3: Susan, mm-hmm. is there any sort of a celebrity kind of a draw uh, in the New York show? I mean, you know, New York is uh, obviously a, a celebrity hub as much as as much as Los Angeles is. Plus, add the political celebrities that might be available. Are are those the kinds of people that you expect to see there? Uh,
2: I cannot say just yet who those official folks will be, but there are uh, some surprise folks still coming on board. Right. Uh, but in the past, you know, we've had Seth Myers, we've had um various other celebrities be there um Malik Yoba was there last year uh we had uh, Christopher Wallace he was with us last year um so there's definitely a good contingency of uh New York celebrities and we do generally bring out some of the politicos so it should be fun
0: awesome. Susan I wanted to ask you about uh, what you have going on in terms of events have you been to some of the events recently you want to talk about or something you're looking forward to
1: I am looking forward to tonight. Um, I, I'm fortunate enough to be going to the Woods Grand Opening Ceremony, and that's a d- new dispensary that just opened today that is owned by Woody Harrelson and mm-hmm. Bill Maher. And apparently uh, Seth Rogan's going to be there, Miley Cyrus, Cheryl Crow, so many celebrities, and I'm just so excited that uh, Woody Harrelson paired up with my friend Tim Blake um, to uh, do this Emerald Cup awards ceremony together and really feature our small farmers and sun-grown cannabis, organic cannabis. It's just, um, you know, maybe New York is where the money is, but California is where the culture is, and I'm excited to be a part of that.
0: Do celebrities help sell the brands? They definitely can help define the culture like Snoop Dogg. Um, But I'm curious if, because Willie Nelson had to leave Washington State. Sales didn't matter. And and for events and for concerts, it is definitely a a crowd-drawing celebrity. But do you feel that it can translate to sales?
1: Who are you asking?
0: I'll ask you. <laughs>
1: um, you know, I, I don't have any data on that. Uh, my gut tells me that uh, your initial launch, you might get a mad rush. But if you don't have consistently amazing product, if you're an amazing celebrity, people are going to expect an amazing product. And if it's not, they're going to go and be more uh price point minded, I think, or, uh, you know, in my case, I I would want to put my dollars where the small farmers were um, issue driven purchasing. So uh, that's my feeling. I would never buy a Mike Tyson uh, ear gummy, for example. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Gretchen, New Yorkers are, are fairly, you know, famous or known wow. for not um, hassling celebrities when, when, you know, California celebrities make it their way to New York. Do you think, though, that, that the introduction of celebrity cannabis would make an impact in sales?
2: Um, I agree with Susan. I don't think it makes a, a big difference, at least currently, how the market is. I think celebrity um, products may matter more when there's national legalization Um, And it's much more easy access to novice users. Um, I think that people will be attracted to celebrity brands who aren't that familiar with the brands that are already out there. Um, And perhaps that will make a difference now, but we just aren't seeing that really play out um, in the markets now. Uh, People like, they like what they like. Um, And one thing that we have found in the past is that cannabis users are extremely loyal. Um, so if there is a brand and a strain that, you know, your, your local farmer does for you that you particularly love, that's what people keep returning to. They're not going into shops and, you know, trying to try a whole smorgasbord or, oh, there's this new thing out. That's not, that's not really their thing. Um, they like to stay loyal to what they know works. Mm
1: -hmm. I I think Mike Tyson will sell a bunch of those ear gummies for father's day. But other than that, you know, I, I think the market's very small.
2: I think, I think exactly. I think they're an impulse buy. Um, I know that his gummies are available in the D.C. market, Um, so part of me wants to go look for these things just to see this and be, are there really these ear-shaped things with a bite taken out? I mean, it can be fun at a party, but I don't see myself saying this is going to be my go-to edible to go to sleep at night. Yay, Mike Tyson has put out a product now.
3: Yeah, I'm going to take an ear (laughs) and go to bed. (laughs) I could see the novelty of it.
0: If it was like a thousand milligrams each, and he's like, This is a knockout, then I'm like, Okay, you got a product. Here. Oh, uh, uh, I think hey, you should
2: become his marketing manager.
0: I know, king of
3: marketing. That was even wanna, better wanna, than wanna, the ear right there. That was good. I'm going to pass on that one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think Susan,
3: so. Susan, I would love to hear about the um, event that you are, are working on. We have the, uh, the Americas event. The How's
0: Americas
3: that all going?
1: event. Okay, so talk about, uh, Gretchen knows this. Producing cannabis events in the best of times is very challenging. Uh, The community, the industry, it's just tough. But then add the pandemic and then add the politics of the Summit of the Americas, oh my God. Joe, President Biden has not even appointed the secretariat yet. The event is three weeks away. And the secretariat is in charge of planning the event. So people are saying that nobody might show up, (laughs) you know. And and a lot of people are mad because um, he's excluding Cuba and some other countries. And so there's some boycotts going on there. But it was just too good of an opportunity to have all of these heads of state uh, in my hometown. So my thought was, you know, why not? try and do something um during that time and it's it's just been evolving or i should say devolving as the weeks progress but we are going to um go in there with a bunch of correspondents we're going to have our our correspondent outfits on we're going to look like the true journalists that we're trying to be. And we're gonna grab anybody that's got one of those name badges on and we're gonna ask them, hey, are you, is cannabis on your mind? Uh, what are you thinking? What's going on in your country? And we've got a nice newspaper that we'll be handing them that's gonna have uh, helpful articles and talking points when they're in discussions um, to make it easy for them to sound smart And informed and uh, we're going to have a map of cannabis experiences that they that are within a few miles of there and a directory of other uh, businesses so i'm really excited about grabbing a lot of content um, networking with these heads of state. Uh, that are part of our hemisphere and honestly providing a solution for them because this, this, this body that's trying to be like the European union, uh, it, you know, it was a good idea, but it has just been falling apart. And my contention is cannabis is a, it is a brand new industry. We're birthing this industry. Why not use this opportunity to do business in a different way? And that could be, a real good economic recovery solution for the Americas. So we're, the, we're just there to start the conversation. That's
0: great. What are some um, steps for a successful event? Like how are you able to put on an event? We've, I've been to a lot, what I would call a shit show. I've been to a lot of them and there's there's plenty of those out there, but how do you do it in a way where you get people to come back? Gretchen, what is, what is your steps for success? Um,
2: I, I think you need to offer people a unique experience. Um, and I think you sometimes you have to cater to a specific audience. Um, and so that way, it's not too broad and where people you're trying to hit on too many things um, that really uh, keep the event from having a focus. If you're trying to be everything to everyone, you're not going to be anything to anybody. Um, and so if you, if you want to have a Good conference that's you know uh, fashioned around cannabis policy. Um, then make sure that you are hitting on the topics that people want to hear. You have people in the room that they're going to want to see. Um, you know, it's not one thing, and 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 I hate to keep going back to MJ Biz that drives me nuts about MJ Biz is that it's just so all encompassing, everything um, under one roof. And I understand that we have to do that. Because it's cannabis, but you don't see any other industry operate that way. Um, you know, you don't buy lights and dirt the same place that you get security, and that, or that you talk to an accountant or a lawyer. Um, I mean, all these folks have their different uh, things of focus that they are, are are trying to get information on, and so to have all that under one roof, it just makes it overwhelming. And I know so many folks nowadays who say they don't go to that show anymore they come to town when it's in town so they can meet with people and talk to everyone in the same city at the same time. Uh, but that going to the actual show is just not worth their time. It's so much for the looky loos and, you know, the, the babies, the the cannabis rookies who are just getting into the space. Um, so I think a successful event. I like the smaller events. I, I don't like them to be huge. I like them to be really tailored to uh, the folks that you want them to speak to. And if people can find good conversations and, Um, good strategic relationships that they can build and know that they're going to meet quality people, um, I think that's what keeps people coming back. Hmm.
0: Susan, what are are your uh, recommendations, advice, or or steps for a successful event?
1: I I agree with everything that Gretchen just said. I've always felt that the smaller, more intimate um, events are more fruitful. Um, and I've always sort of curated my events. I, uh, you know, the last five years, my events have been invite only because I'd rather have 200 people in the room that are all, they can all talk to each other. They all have something that they, they can do together uh, instead of having to sift through all those looky-loos. Um, yeah, so I, I've been doing the small intimate events. Forever. And I think that that's, you know, because of COVID, I think that it's, we're just going to see that more and more smaller, more local curated events. And for me, uh, the venue is so important. I mean, it puts you in this place. I've done my event on the Queen Mary twice, and I would be doing it again and again, but it's been closed down uh, before COVID for remodeling, and I don't know if it's ever going to open up again, but uh, I talk about just putting you in the frame of mind of history, you know, you, you're, you're on that ship, and you feel the history, and it changes your attitude, and it just makes the event more memorable. Not to mention there's ghosts on the ship. So I had so many people tell me they saw ghosts when they <laughs> went to my event.
3: Well, I, I like what both of you said, really. The the thing you both cued on automatically really was about building relationships, which is the whole point, right? I mean, you can go to a, a conference and sort of be an observer and watch all this kind of furious uh, activity go on, or you can build relationships that help your business, that help move the whole industry forward. And that, of course, is the whole is the whole purpose. So I, I love what both of you are saying about that. Focusing on the intimacy, but really with the purpose of developing relationships that work for people.
2: I think from an, an organizer's standpoint, um, it's so important to have a good relationship with your venue, to understand the rules of what it is to put on an event there. Is it a union shop? Um, so you can inform your vendors and other people coming in. Um, I, years ago my first job uh, was working with new frontier data in the industry and we went to every conference under the sun and you know our crew for putting up the booth was me and you know a couple of other poor saps that i could sucker into it who didn't get it you know escape fast enough getting off the plane um and so really the events I valued were the ones where I knew I could go there, see the organizer, what do I need to do, where am I going, what if you have that kind of organization, I think from a vendor standpoint, uh, that, that's so key. Um, and that's going to keep people coming back if it's a shit show if they can't find their plugs if they don't know who to speak to, um, you know, to figure out where their their booth has come in from. Um, uh, that just makes for a horrible, horrible uh, experience. Um, and. I I wouldn't deal with the show again if it's run, run poorly.
0: There's a lot you can learn from mistakes though. What are some things that you've experienced like that? Uh, for me, um, there's, it's hard for me to go and listen to people when it's a pay to play because it feels like they're not the subject matter expert. They're just the ones who ended up, uh, writing the check, um, for you guys, what, what does make a shit show? Um, Gretchen, do you have uh, anything that you've learned that you wouldn't implement or do or or things that, you know, advice on on what makes a shit show? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, Well, there's lots of shit shows. Um, When it comes to panels per se, I wouldn't put more than three people on a panel. Um, I, I don't be, and then I, as an organizer, I am very cognizant of who is a good team player or who is going to step on their other speaker, who's going to just do a commercial for themselves. Um, when it comes to the QA, uh, that drives me nuts when you hand over the mic and some guy gets up and starts talking about his business, has nothing to do at all with the topic, um, and is just trying to do a commercial for himself. Um, so for that, you know, I like to do write your uh, card, your questions on a car, pass them up to the front. And then we have our moderator go through them and really ask the questions. So we're not losing that kind of time during a QA. Um, and really try and keep much more control over an event. I, I, when people run amok with a mic that just drives me nuts.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that is a shit show. And I've always hated that. And so I've always, when I start a panel, I say, okay, I'm going to be standing over there against that wall next to that mic on a stand. If you have a question, come get in line. And so as the panel's going on, I've got a line for me because that's one of the reasons some people come a lot of people come because they do want to get that mic time, you know, they want to get that recognition and that's why they grab the mic and they go on and on. I don't let anyone ever touch the mic. And when they're in line, I say, okay, what's your question going to be? And if they start saying, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm this contractor that's been doing all the, no, no. What is your question? What is your one question? And they have to tell me a question and, I, can, I might say, well, they just covered that. So go to the end of the line and think of another question. And I, I run that, that uh, Q&A line, uh, you know, and everybody everybody really appreciates it. They want to have their 15 seconds of fame. So they get it, but it's, it's you know, we get through a good five to 10 questions. So um, yeah, I think people feel kind of cheated Uh, if they have to write it down on a card and don't get to ask it themselves. But also, you know, I I was getting to a point where the panels are, the panels were getting less and less important. People were wanting to come to network. And now because of COVID, man, people just want to network. They just want to talk to each other. They don't want to sit there and be talked at. So I'm I'm going to start doing more round tables and more uh, curated networking.
0: Interesting. I was just at a, the Money 2.0 conference in Vegas and there was no networking. And I was surprised. It was one of the weirdest shows I've been to because it was really just all about the, the end consumer, I guess, without that business to business networking. It was, it was weird. It was like an odd conference. So probably won't go to that um, for that reason and many more. Um, what, what, um, what's your favorite show, Gretchen?
2: Uh, other than CWCBE? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, well, and honestly, I'm sad to say that they're gone. My favorite show, honestly, I I quite enjoyed going to Arcviews. Um, years ago, Arcview was much smaller. You'd have a couple hundred people. Um, it was very, they had five or six a year um, and you went to all of them and you would see the same people. While well, you're seeing the same people over and over again, they were quality people that you wanted to talk to and have relationships with and there's still plenty of contacts that I made there six seven years ago that I know I need someone in space I know exactly who to call um, mm-hmm. and because it's so small and intimate uh, you really got to know each other um, and you got to see companies blossom and, and grow um, which was really interesting and it almost became more of and I hate to say this more of like a, a family it was just kind of it was very nice it was always inviting. It was always a safe place uh, for all the cannabis novices. Um, I've seen some folks, you know, doing their pitches go down in flames, you know, they don't remember what they're saying. And instead of, you know, people being awful, you would hear people, you know, yell questions from the audience to try and spur them on to help them remember what they were doing. Um, And it was just very, it was very forgiving and a very good crowd. And I, I dearly miss them and I wish that Arcview would bring them back. Um, things have been a lot different since Troy left and I, 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 I miss the soul that they brought to what was a very, you know, kind of cold financial shark pitch kind of world, but it, but it still had the love and community of cannabis. And Arcview was honestly the first event that I snuck into back in 2014. Um, and I'm like, sure, send the redhead to be incognito at an event um, and fly under the radar. This will work very well. Um, but they did not kick me out and they were very kind. Um, and, and I greatly enjoyed it.
0: Susan, any, anything you want to share about uh, maybe a favorite event that you have and why?
1: My favorite event of all time is the Emerald cup. Um, I don't know what it's going to morph into. They've had a really rocky couple of years and the last couple of months have been really rough, but, talk about about culture i mean the first one that i went to it was in garberville and it was at this little community center and there were, there it, it was in the middle of a blizzard uh, because they do it the second week of December, they used to. And you had to go through the muddy snow to get to this giant tent, which was a giant hot box, And there were seed people from all over the world and they were selling their seeds. And so it's just this this, you know, second, third, fourth generation farmer culture. And they, they finished their season of sun growing their beautiful cannabis and everything's cured, well, not all the way, but you know, and they're ready to party mm-hmm. and hang out with each other. It's, it's, it's amazing.
0: I haven't gone, but I'm looking forward to it. But I think with that, we got to roll this one up. So I want to thank my guests, both Gretchen Gailey, chief strategist, CWCB Expo, and the founder of Panoptic Strategies, as well as Susan Soros, CEO and founder of the State of Cannabis. Ladies, thanks for being with us at the Green Rush. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Have a great Thanks. weekend. We're going to take a quick break. For don't, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. Come right back for the Green Rush. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.
1: Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com.
3: Maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.